This episode is sponsored by Know Your Company. Got 25 to 75 people in your company? Check out knowyourcompany.com, software that helps companies like Airbnb know their company better. Knowyourcompany.com. It's 1983, and the future of entertainment is here. Radical! From the brilliant minds at DARPA Games comes Score! The high-tech interactive video game experience coming soon to an arcade near you. Whoa! In level one, you and your friends will learn to defeat the evil ASVAB. Paragraph comprehension! I don't know this one. I think it's C. You did it! Learn real-world skills all the while training for Scorefare. I'm going to play as infantry. I'm going to play as vehicle maintenance and service. Pick up where you left off. All your progress is saved on Pentagon computers. You got the high score. Put your initials in. But they're already in here. Lasers, explosions, and excitement are around every turn as you play Score. Graduating high school seniors, if you get a high enough score, you'll earn a free trip to 12 weeks of camp. When I graduate, I'm going to college. There'll be plenty of time for that after Score. Why does it need my social security number? Score is an action-packed game for you and your friends. Each and every month, your personal performance data will be collected by professional service agents. But why would they want our score? Is the future of video game technology? I don't feel so well. Score is coming to a video game center near you. Entertainment is mandatory. Hello, listener. You have achieved high score in the blurry photos game. <laughs> meep, meep, moop, morp, smoking, zort, 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 <laughs> melt. Hi, everybody. Boy, I, I couldn't have had a worse takeoff in that plane. <laughs> no, no, you could have. You did all right there. You got the plane into the air. Oh, okay. This is player one, David Flora. <laughs> And Dave Stecco has joined the game. <laughs> blip, blip. Uh, welcome, everyone, to uh, Dinosaur Facts Part 2. Dinosaur quote-unquote facts. Yeah. Let me just start right out. Y'all are fucking nerds. Y'all are fucking nerds. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penalty box. I mean, for, for the, the tidal wave that we received for doing an episode on dinosaurs... What you were really asking for is an entire musical done in a penalty box. And you're not going to get that. As a matter of fact, you're not even going to get a penalty box tonight. Only because we've got a lot of shit to get through. We've got a pretty great episode. Well, we, we need to get uh, we need to get due process in order. Dave needs to get a lawyer. We need to get Man, a judge in lawyers. on this. Uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll get to it, though. We, hey, yeah. here, here's the deal. We've heard you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Willie heard you. Yeah, loud and clear. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, that's looking backward. Let's look forward to the future. To the future. The future is 1981. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like we've flirted with this before. We've discussed this to some degree at some point, right? 
or is yeah. it or is it just something you and I have talked about doing and never? I get confused Probably about that. that. Yeah, I, I get confused. I don't I, know who who I talk to. Who's anymore. to say what is and isn't okay. recorded anymore? Hashtag political. This is uh, going to be a fun episode. It's something that we've we wanted to do. It, I actually hadn't heard about this until maybe a year ago, year or two. I, I had never come across this in my, in my travels. I have been well aware of this because I, I remember the ancient tales as told in the darkest and sweat-smellingest arcades. Really? Oh, dude, I, I was a real arcade rat. I lived in those things growing up. It was my place. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I wrote down notes of uh, of that, of my thoughts on that and stuff. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on my upbringing? Your thoughts on my, my thoughts, upbringing? My thoughts on your upbringing. So, <laughs> Good. I watched you remotely from my crib. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun episode. We're, we're talking about something near and dear to our hearts. Vigi games. That's right. And in particular... Polybius. That's right. Oh, the sweet slice of Venn diagram between video game entertainment and government conspiracy. I love it. This one's going to be fun, man. Like it, it's yeah. it's not terribly it's not terribly meaty, but uh it's got just enough, I think, to to satisfy the craving. <laughs> sure. Listen, man. <laughs> So maybe I had a few drinks before I got in the plane. <laughs> maybe I I shouldn't fly right now. But you know what? We're in the air. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So let's see. Let's let's start. Let's start with this. I I don't know if everybody is aware of it. Um, like I said, it, I I feel like it, it's kind of unless you grew up, uh, in the time and were connected in into the video game industry some or or even as a player my my like life it's, it's my it's life hard to to get through this but it's in the pop culture i think most of us are probably familiar with arcade machines yeah oh yeah big hulking boxes of wooden plastic with bright radical artwork painted all over it mm-hmm. a screen in the front and little plastic buttons and joysticks uh, above a metal coin box the slight waft of pizza floating through the air yeah probably some cigarettes somewhere yep <laughs> for 25 cents you could escape the disco fueled turmoil of the late <laughs> 70s and early 80s oh, for yeah. as long as your skills allowed that's right yeah, the economy of video games was based entirely on your ability to survive. <laughs> where I grew up, this is this is funny because what you're saying, uh, but where I grew up, I never had access to a proper arcade. Wow. Or as you might think of them, uh, meccas of gaming where dozens of the machines could be found in one place. Oh, man. Good times. Great oldies. I had to rely on the ever-rotating selection of two or three games in the nearest Walmart entrance. Or maybe the one machine with the game Double Dragon in the corner of a Tasty Freeze. Hell yeah. Man, I I, I didn't care. I mean, I, I could tell, to this day tell you where all the top spots were for, for nerding out in Colorado Springs. Yeah. I'm not going to. Most of those locations don't exist anymore. It would be a waste of your time. Just know it's not an idle threat. <laughs> <laughs> I could back this up, dude. <laughs> I, could, I could back it up. Come at um, me. <laughs> Did you ever play games in uh in like the the entrances of of department stores though stuff like that? I don't maybe not department stores. Seven Eleven. There's always 7-11. my video. My Seven Eleven had two video games. 
uh, the Seven Eleven uh, on the corner of uh, a Platt, uh, uh, the of Oliver and Platt streets. That's right, of Oliver and Platt streets. That one had like a little nook that had four games. Oh, what? Wow. Pretty That's high so living. But you know, mine had two, uh, and and they rotated every few months, and so you could. You know, uh, Double Dragon, Bad Dudes, yeah. Sex Bad Dudes, section, yes. Yeah, section Z, Spy Hunter. That was Spy a, Hunter. Yeah. Did you ever play Rolling Thunder? Yeah. I loved Rolling Thunder. Yeah, it had the purple guys, right? That you would, Yeah, yeah, like the, the masked yeah. Ku Klux Klan guys. That's <laughs> true. It was. You were against the colorblind clan. Irony. <laughs> um, but yeah, like all, all those, like those, man. Shinobi. Shinobi. Uh, you know oh. what? I'll say this. Uh, there was one game, you know, like they have like the, the flash seizure warning on everything now because everybody's <laughs> yeah. uh, so fragile. There was a game called <laughs> Legend of Cage, which I'm sure yeah, people, I've heard of that. I'm sure people played it out because they made it like for like you, NES you, and stuff. You run through like a bamboo forest or yeah. something and like, yep, jump, jumping in the arcade version of that. I mean, I, I mean, I love that game and I remember the music and everything, but when the lightning would go off, I, it really did. I just kind of went like, <laughs> like it got me a little bit, but I kept playing. <laughs> oh yeah. One of the biggest spots was a pizza hut. They had a whole nook. Yeah. It had, it had like six, six to 10 games, I think in there. Uh, yeah. And did they have like the, what do they call it? The cocktail game where you sat down and they had like usually Galaga or Pac-Man. Oh Yeah. Uh, Peter they called Piper it a pizza. cocktail game? Yeah, that's the official designation for that cabinet style. Not that I'm the world's biggest f***ing nerd or anything. The, like, tabletop one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you, yeah, you sit, and it's you look down on, like, a table. Yeah. And and you can get two players going that way. Exactly. In my in my neck of the woods, the, the mecca when I was real little was Fargo's Pizza in Colorado Springs. They had the best arcade pizza. by far. Oh, yeah. Might still. I don't know. So there Man. you go. There's uh, there's two old assholes talking about. Yeah, that's the episode. Uh, don't forget to hit the donate button. <laughs> it's sad when you walk into when you walk into places that used to have them that don't. Yeah, because they don't still to this day, thirty years later, they don't know what to do with the space. <laughs> yeah, and for like WalMarts, they've completely redone their entrances. Now they might have like a section of games, but it's all kind of like different version of claw games yeah where you you know you you try to win a something a stuffed animal or an electronics and electronics i think the only video game that i can think of i know two i can think of two video games that are still really out there that you'll just like run into uh one of them is the golden tea Oh yeah, that's that's in every bar. And Buck Hunter. Yep, yep, that's in every bar. Yeah. So th- those are I, I think I think as far as like I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's some other ones that are out there, but like as far as the ubiquity of the video game, it's a sad, sad story. Do you think if you owned like a Seven Eleven or something, something maybe not a chain because there's probably rules, but your own convenience store or some type of like ice cream shop or something? Would you put a cabinet in? Yeah, because those like those kids, and by those kids I mean me, dude. If you're in there, first of all, you're paying money to just right. be in there, and second of all, like when you're really getting deep on them bad dudes, phrasing, 
you're going you're gonna to get thirsty. You're going to want a snack. You're probably going to want some candy or something. You've got to keep, keep your, your strength up. You need to keep your stamina up when you're, when you're in that 7-Eleven getting deep on those bad dudes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, like, I was always terrible at, at arcade games. We're, we're going to get to Palabolus. I, I'm Listen. Did you just call it Palabolus? Did I? I do that. that. Here's the thing. Palabolus is a dance troupe. I saw him in college, and that's what's in my head. Oh, Flora, you're always f***ing things up with your dance troupe knowledge. <laughs> Palabolus is a cool dance, dance troupe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. still going. Oh, yeah, they still got it. But... <laughs> Palabolus is up in your grill. I, I, I thought I would get through more of this before I f***ed that up so bad. No. Polybius. Okay. Polybius. We're, we're, we're going to get to it. I, I'm sorry. We, we like video games and we're, mm-hmm. we're, on, we're on a train right now. You're with us. Toot. Go Toot. to the snack car if you don't want to hear it right now. All right. Um, uh, well, it, it, anyways, anyways. I have forgotten what I the thought that I started, so we'll just keep going. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I missed out. Like you did did you ever have the thing where you're like you you go with friends and you're standing around waiting your turn or like watching somebody completely oh yeah dominate next ups. Sometimes you were watching, hoping for them to die. Sometimes you were genuinely amazed at how far they got in the game. Sometimes there was a little bit of like shock that you were like spoilering yourself. You're like, I don't want to see that level mm. until I've earned it. But yeah, you always had your quarter up on the game. Do you know in all of my youth, I don't, I never, I, I can't think of a time where I saw someone not respect the next up quarter. No one ever ignored the next up. I never, I never knew of that, of what, of that system until they started having the um, barcades around here. Oh, yeah. It's time honored. And you know what's funny? Those barcades, they're free. You yep. don't even need a quarter. So I don't, I don't know how I learned that. But anyway, I think, I think what I was going to say a while ago was that uh, I was never gr- good at the games. I would play maybe a grand total of like two minutes. I, I died immediately on, on most of the games. But I never, it never like crushed my love of games. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You you just kept at it, and I, I I love that about it. But I'll tell you what I remember really clearly: the harbinger when I I remember seeing the canary die in the coal mine uh, because I went to the arcade at the Citadel Mall one day, and you know front of the arcade is where all the new fancy shit was, and so uh-huh. you have to walk by it to get to all the cool stuff in the back, and they had a new video game up at the front and it was just and they even had it like in a little plexi thing so you could kind of see what was going on it was literally a super nintendo and you <laughs> and it just had like all the cartridges plugged into it and it was like oh you, you want to play whatever the race game was that came it was like the, one of the first things it had all these super nintendo zero f zero yeah yeah it had all the all the racing games and stuff and i remember going well wait a minute if the arcade game is the home console, why would anyone go to the arcade? And I remember having that thought and thinking, ah, that's not good. Oh, mm. 
Well, anyway, I, I missed out on the feeling of, of excitement and sh- watching people, uh, friend and foe, climb the ranks of the high scores that the machines kept track of and enter their initials just above or just below mine. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what, not at all humble brag. I went back to Colorado uh, this summer and met up with some friends who were all in town. And there's this, this really famous arcade in Manitou called Arcade Amusements, and it's been there forever. And they have games that go back to like the 1920s. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously like not chinko kind of you know it's like we're like that old style like baseball game where you just like oh yeah pull the lever and it you know those kind of things all the way up through like modern video games and they they really carefully keep them operating it's a, it's really cool yeah. and uh so we went there and i i mean i'll say this the kids still got it i set the high score on like six different games handily Jeez. handily joust fuck it galaga Jeez. i own that shit. I was a machine. Uh, Tron? Well, Tron, dude? They're never going to kick my initials off that game. Ever. Hard as f- oh, I love Tron. Tron is my jam. It's that's, good. That's yeah. it. That's, that's the end of the not humble brag section. Maybe I should start swapping that out for Antarctica. Do you know that uh, I, I'm really good at Tron? <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. See how many boobs you touch with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, so so that's uh, those are the times, you guys. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. That's the uh, that's the the way back machine. Double Dragon was late '80s anyway, but um, well after the ar- arcade had its golden age. Here's a fun fact for you: by 1981, the arcade game industry was worth eight billion dollars. Was that eight that, buildos? That couldn't have been its high point, though, because I mean, I feel it, like '85. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. They're saying they they were saying eighty one was the high point. Wow. Well, you know, I I I I'll take that back. I don't know if that's true or not. Dave, you can look it up if you want. I'm just saying by nineteen eighty one, that's how much it was worth. And then by nineteen ninety one it was it dropped down to about two billion. Yep. Wow. Uh, another fun fact that eight billion more than pop music and Hollywood films combined. In 1981, yeah, jeez, um, and that's eight. That's eight billion. $1981. right? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess that is. I guess that is the high watermark as far as I can see here. But I would have thought it'd be a little bit later. But I but would then too. Again, but that's that's just our but, time. But at that time, it was also like a cultural thing. Like there was songs about Pac Man. I remember there's a song called "Video Whiz Kids." There was movies. Like, and you, they used to show this kind of stuff, like on USA, like really great shitty 80s movies about like the nerd who gets the girl because he goes to quarters, the local arcade and beats that Blaine Myers son of a bitch who I know is from Better Off Dead. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's really the same formula for all of them. But yeah. Um, yeah, there was like the big video game showdown because I had what it takes to win. <laughs> <laughs> And there was a montage. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was. During the heyday, games would come and go from arcades as companies sought to test their ideas via gamers. And some games only saw action in a handful of businesses, if not one or two. As the years went on and consoles quickly overtook the arcade craze, those that reminisced about the golden age of arcade gaming 
started hearing a tale from that time that was a little disturbing. Accounts of a darker side of gaming were creeping into the gaming zeitgeist and quickly became a mystery to be solved. By the mid to late 90s, some folks had decided to become collectors of old games and sought some of the rarer versions that might, by then, only exist in ROM form. Dave, what's ROM? Read-only memory. Oh! Thank you. And most were successful, except for this one game whose name kept popping up in the nooks and crannies of forums on the burgeoning internet. A game that was beyond rare. A game that was dangerous. Polybius. Those are video game sounds. <laughs> Even the name, people were like, what the f*** does that mean? It was said to be addictive, cause seizures, symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, nausea, stress, horrible nightmares, and perhaps most harrowing, the loss of control of one's own mind. <laughs> leading to violence or even suicide. What? Stories of men in black taking data out of the machine and eventually carting them off, never to be seen again, were a sobering addition to the tales, which only grew after a forum post in 2006 by someone claiming to have worked on the game. Oh, God. <laughs> by now, the legend of Polybius has transcended the forums and gaming circles that once contained it and can be found wherever fine conspiracies are sold. <laughs> Was it a government experiment akin to the MK Ultra fiasco? Or is it just an urban legend? We'll be taking a look at the tale, the claims, and what facts can be found about this Darkade machine, trademark glory photos, in this 8-bit episode. <laughs> yeah! Oh, man. Um, by the way, I looked it up. The terrible, terrible video game movie that I was referencing is called Joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like like a just one of those like really crappies 80 booby movies where like we've got to save the arcade. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh no. Brenda's got her bra off. Right. Yeah, this is and a I'm whole different peeping through the window. Yeah, this is a whole realm of time before The Wizard. Oh, the the uh, Fred Savage movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a big deal because you got to see Super Mario 3. Yeah. Do you know to- tell me do you know that Toby Maguire is in that movie? Oh, is it is yeah. is he the kid? No, no, no. The Fred Savage was the kid. What the fuck, man? No, the he had a brother that oh. was younger who was the wizard. Fred Savage wasn't the wizard. Oh, oh, here's the fun fact. Never watched The brother that. was the wizard. Never saw that movie. Never saw it. <laughs> I don't know who I thought Fred, I've, my whole life. I thought Fred Savage was the wizard. <laughs> Shake my damn <laughs> Oh, sweet summer child. You should watch that movie. It's, it's okay. Late eighties entertainment at its finest. All right. All right. You got it. You know what? I just remembered too. They, they one time at the old tasty freeze, which is like a poor man's dairy queen. They, they, it sounds like it. <laughs> He installed a new arcade uh, machine that had, you could pick like from a number of different games on it. Yeah. And one of them was Super Mario 3. And and so it was like, that's, 
that 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 was it. That's the that's the one I'm talking about. That's the game that had a Super Nintendo in it. Well, yeah, but this one was before Super Nintendo. But it's the same idea. It had a bunch of different games you could choose, but it was on a timer. It wasn't even like you until until you died. You had like two minutes of gameplay per quarter, something like that. <laughs> well, Tasty Freeze fucking hates you. That is, yeah, I played that is it the most once. disingenuous fuck you kids thing ever. And you just yeah. know, like, some old wizened son of a bitch was like, oh, yeah. And they'll just keep on putting quarters in. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Because I watched, I watched my nephew. He can play that game for an hour without dying. I watched. He's so. taking money from me. Yeah, the little, yeah these yeah. little f***ers. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Put it on a timer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to get it real good in the quarters. <laughs> looking real, real looking, smooth in the Looking real good in the wrist. Looking real good in the hand. <laughs> oh, God. All a right. timed machine. Like it. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I feel right. like you're gonna have to edit out a lot of nostalgia from this episode, Floor, and I apologize I, for that. I might, I might not. So I'll apologize for that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, let's. Yeah, that's on Floor now. Uh, let's go to the history, like we do. Mm-hmm. The legend, as it will be known henceforth, began as near as we can figure out around 1994 in a Usenet forum, uh, which was sort What's of like Usenet. Yeah, it was like an old uh, BBS service. Um, and uh, What's a BBS service? It's a bulletin board service. It's a oh, bulletin board so service. So it's an service. ATM machine? It is. It <laughs> it's is. a pin number. <laughs> I think that's what a BBS stands for. I mean, I used to use them because in 1994, I was in college. <sighs> yeah, BBS. BBS system is a bulletin board system system. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyway, uh, so, yeah, it was like a precursor to Internet forums. It was an old ASCII system, and you could just bitch about stuff. Uh, Like that new new Friends show that no one's ever going to like. Started in 1994. Anyway, a thread talked about a game called Polybius. Uh, which was not on, unlo- which is not on like another popular game at the time called Tempest. Uh, it is said, uh, and it said it was created by a covert German company called Sinnerschlossen. Good enough. Yeah. Sinnerschlossen. More on that in a moment. Polybius was distributed in only a few arcades in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon in November of 1981. The game came in a black, plain, unmarked cabinet and was a Yet, and apparently lines would form of gamers waiting to play and fights would break over who was next. That's like I said, no one violated the next, next ups rule. Anyway, it then went it did on. for this game, <laughs> right? Which was probably in arcades by the Willamette river. Oh, yeah. it's wrong. It's Willamette. Oh, sorry, Dave. Yeah. I believe your pronunciation, Pliny. It was no, no, no. It's it was. Listen, everyone in Portland knows. Yeah, okay. Portland, Portland, Oregon. So the post then went on to talk about the uh, side effects from playing the game, which would include <clears throat> memory loss, paranoia, insomnia, words and phrases flashing in players' minds, negative thoughts would occur, including violence and suicide. 
You might even hear a version of the story uh, that would relate one or both of these things after players spent time with it. Um, if that wasn't enough, uh, the legend added an extra layer of complexity and intrigue as it went on to describe what was assumed to be nefarious government dealings. <laughs> a couple of weeks after the machines appeared, men in black suits were said to be seen malurking around them, sniffing around the joysticks. <laughs> Slurking. Slurping. Sticking their finger in the quarter slot, trying to get some extra change. (laughs) (laughs) They would there was always, always some feckless ten year old wandering through an arcade. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Thinking he was gonna get his next hit out of one of those. No one in the history of video games ever left a quarter in their return slot. (laughs) Ten year olds. Actually, actually, yeah. God, uh, it was not called the cur- the quarter return slot. It was actually the refund conveyance opening. <laughs> Let's see, where was I? Ta- oh yeah, video games. <laughs> uh, these uh, these men in black suits, close but not enough. They would supposedly come in, open up the machines, and collect data from them with their laser eyes. Uh, or maybe collect components from the games. And then one day they loaded up all the machines and disappeared. <gasps> a whole bunch of sweaty teenagers trying to follow them, but already they had ruined their health and couldn't even make it to the other end of the parking lot going, wait, I love you. Oh. <laughs> The sound of their flesh burning in the sunlight. <laughs> Corduroy blackening in the sun. God. We're making fun of ourselves. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Oh, God, that was me. That was absolutely me. Jorts making the most horrendous scrapes. Oh, man. Do you know when I was when I was really in my video game arcade time prime? For some reason, I thought that, uh, and I was like, make no mistake, I was totally a fat kid, but I wasn't like horrifyingly fat. I was just a fat kid among many, and I thought that I was too fat to wear jeans. I don't know where I got it in my head that I couldn't, I wasn't like allowed to wear jeans, and so from like, I I want to say like fifth grade through. Ninth grade, maybe even tenth grade. Dockers. I, I, oh, really? I only wore Dockers because I thought I I don't know where I got the idea, and yeah, <laughs> it was. And and wow. and the only reason that I the only way I learned that I could wear just regular jeans is that I was uh, in a musical, and we had to wear jeans for it, and so I went with like the stage manager to the mall and she was like oh yeah everybody needs jeans so just go into the gap and get a pair of jeans and we'll pay for it and i was like like jeans for me but i (laughs) surely you must know i can't wear jeans she was like what are you like why are you talking like that (laughs) she was like just go get some jeans what the (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I learned that I totally could have been wearing jeans the whole time. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Little Davy wearing Dockers scooting around that arcade. 
Polybius, the nostalgia episode. It really is. You know what? I will I will find a, a picture of little Davy from that era and we'll post it so y'all can can know what you guys were what y'all are dealing with. <laughs> Polybius, the promising episode. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the uh, the stories of of these this uh, dangerous machine and the Men in Black. Well, they they started turning some conspiracy gears in people's heads, and uh, lots of questions started getting asked. Like, why would the government be interested in arcades, man? Yeah. It's our safe space. That's for us, man. Why would the machines be making kids sick or controlling their minds? Man. Man. Connect the dots, bro. (laughs) The, The government is using these machines for some kind of experimentation, be it mind control, soldier training. Or mad science. Franken-duck sound. Way to bring it up. We gotta do them sound effects. It's true. We paid for them. We might as well use them. So true. So very true. Fast forward to 1998. A page about Polybius was created in the arcade wiki, coinop.org. Only... Didn't have much information besides a quick version of the legend. It was linked in an online forum in 2000, and then it began to grow. In 2006, coinop.org's forum blew up with a post out of nowhere. By God, it's a post out of nowhere. (laughs) Sir, I'm trying to track it. I have no idea where this came from. Coinop got RKO'd by Randy Orton. (laughs) (laughs) Too, Too rich for my blood. Okay. Someone claiming to have developed the game wrote in confirming the rumors. Going by the name Stephen Roach. No space. All lowercase. He claimed to be based in the Czech Republic and that he programmed as a side hustle back in 1978. He and some friends were contacted by a quote-unquote Southern American company to develop a new puzzle game with new graphics. They called their company Sinus Lotion. A colleague came up with the name Polybius because he had, quote, studied Greek mythology at Masaryk University and came up with the name because it sounded quite bold and mysterious. Mm, I like bold and mysterious. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 my good man. Quite bold. (laughs) He said the game was immediately addictive, but when introduced to the public, it caused an epileptic fit and thus made a bad name for itself. That 2006 forum caused enough ripples in the gaming world that it has been picked up in pop culture and fringe circles. And that that is where it flies in these friendly skies. So, Dave, there was something that... I don't think it's uh, an accurate... (laughs) Boy. Oh, Laura just did some crazy hands. Yeah, I'm trying to think how to rope this cow. Um... I saw one uh, thing in the research, one one article that was talking about the graphics of this and what either Stephen Roach or or the legend has said the game was supposed to be based around with these graphics. Now, they have raster graphics and you have vector graphics. Yeah. Never the twain shall meet, Dave. Right. You can have one, you can have the other. You kind of have both. I'll take vector graphics every day because those were the best games. Well, they this one was claiming to have both. What? 
but but what? then again, like I said, this is that's just out there in in Legendville. This is. Um, you hear that noise? The, that's my Jimmy's. Oh, they're <laughs> Stop. rustled. No, easy, easy now. Take a breath. <laughs> my Jimmy's. <laughs> oh no, my Jimmy's. Yeah. So, like I said, it, it's not part of the main legend that you hear often. It's just something that you hear thrown out there here and there. But it's enough to cause some people to raise an eyebrow. Because, yeah. like I said, you can't have both those those vague. Not not at the time, anyway. <laughs> so, Dave, what we just went over there, that's the the legend of it. That's Pol- Polybius. See, I caught myself. That's that's the legend of it that uh, that's going around. It, it it sounds pretty bad, huh? It does indeed. It sounds awful, but at the same time, kind of sounds believable. Well, I mean, the 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 idea of the the video game as you know government test bot or or something like that, you know, that exists and has for some time. I mean, top of my head, you got uh, the last Starfighter. Oh yeah, I I mean, Tron is a video game movie, but it doesn't have like the the government you know gaining information from people aspect of it, but. Um, Let's see the last uh, the last Starfighter is a huge one. I mean, in literature, well, I was going to say in in, in the last Starfighter, uh, the government recruits a kid who's good at a video game. Right? Tell us what the last Starfighter is about, just for anybody who doesn't know the plot. Oh, okay. So, uh, the, and it's worthwhile. Uh, so, the last Starfighter is about a kid, not Fred Savage. <laughs> it's not Fred Savage. There are no wizards. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, this kid, he lives in a trailer park, loves playing this game and called Starfighter. And he's so good at it that a guy shows up and says, Hey man, you're pretty good at this. We we need you we need your help to defend the frontier from Zur and the Kodan Armada. Cause they're recruiting him. So it wasn't our government that made this, it was the government of the the I have to look this one up because uh, I don't remember. The, I always remember Zur and the Kodan Armada. Um, I, I, it kind of embarrasses me. I should be able to remember this little piece of nerd knowledge. The Ryland Star League. There we go. Yeah. The, so uh, and so it's like, oh, you're so good that you you get to come fly spaceships in space. So the idea that the the game is more than a game, you know, and that's something that gets rolled out a bunch. Oh, Orson Scott Card. I mean. Uh, in Ender's game, I mean, they were training kids to one day using games to one day be warriors. I'm not going to yep. spoiler it for you if you haven't read it, but it's a worthwhile book. Ender's game, even, yeah. Even though uh, he's like a super homophobic a, or something. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a terrible person apparently. Yeah, I never watched the movie just for that reason. Um, but uh, and then Ernest Klein, the guy who wrote Ready Player One, which I loved, wrote a book called Armada, which is same kind of general premise. Oh, you're really good at this video game. Welcome. You've been, this is, this is the training. You're, you're one of the best, you know, Uh, which is amazing to me because it's so similar in so many ways to the last Starfighter. yet because Ernest Klein apparently writes exclusively about the eighties, as far as I've ever seen also references the last Starfighter regularly. So Hmm. it's a hell of a thing. What's more, I guess believable to me than a a computer a, a video game 
being a, a tool of the government, is the computer game causing kids to get nauseous, to throw up, to have epileptic seizures, even the programming of like to, to have nightmares or PTSD yeah. like that, that is pretty believable. I did just find that the Mythbusters uh, apparently busted it as a myth, though. Oh, but I had heard that it is uh, it is possible to get some some kind of uh, hypnotization going, or or at least I don't know it. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I'm really hemming and hawing. Anyway, back to Polybius. Let's see where where do we begin on on this stuff? So uh, it, it's interesting because there's a lot of kernels of truth that that led to this legend which is like any really you know the all of the best persistent you know uh things of this nature you know they've they've got to have something that's somewhat true that right well first there's some confusion over when it was mentioned online uh some say that 1994 was the first time others say it was 1998 it definitely had a page on coin op in 98 and usenet did have some discussion of it in 2000 um, but I, I haven't found anything beyond the, the 1994 occurrence. I don't know where that would be anyway. And that's still a, a page you can get to. In fact, I'll try to link it in the show notes. Uh, you can get to that Usenet, uh, that CoinOp page. Some folks have apparently done some research into the bills of sale of some arcades in the early 80s. And they would say that Tempest was sold, but none of them say that Polybius was. Neither do any gaming magazines from the time mention it. Now, I don't know, as a gaming magazine, I, I, I feel like it would be hard to keep up on every single new game that was going to arcade. Because right. at the height of it, they're in and out, right? Like, some of them, they're, they're testing, you know, on, on people to see how well they're working. Others, I mean, there's a ton of games. <laughs> right. Like, and that's the thing, like, there's so much volume to that that, I mean, I good on you for trying. Good on you for slogging into that. But it's a losing uh, idea regardless because, yeah. you know, you, you, you either, unless you find something that says Polybius, U.S. government, you know, it, it, you either find something that's not called Polybius, which means it could be anything, yeah. or you don't find anything and you say, oh, it must have been somewhere else. There were two actual documented cases of kids suffering ill effects from arcade machines at the time. In 1981, according to the Eugene Register, 12-year-old Brian Morrow suffered exhaustion, cramps, and stomach ache from playing asteroids for 28 straight hours. Well, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah, no, I mean, that's eyebrow raising right there enough um he was trying to break a record that's why he did it he was just drinking coke and orange juice he basically played himself sick i mean come on i remember playing mario um for like two hours straight when i was younger and you you kind of get yourself worked up when you uh get to somewhere new and a game like that where you have a finite number of lives, you know, and there's no continues or anything like that, and you want to get as far as you can, and that's a new area, you're not familiar with it, everything's trying to kill you. You know, like, you kind of get yourself stressed out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, and you maintain that stress for hours. Yeah. That'll mess you up. I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely 
played myself sick. Like, I'm not even done. I'm not done with that. I'm a right. grown-ass man. I will absolutely do it You're again someday. You're trying to find time to do that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I would love to fuck myself up that way. <laughs> uh, blurry Photos podcast on Twitch TV, everyone. <laughs> oh, God. I would. That would be the best. I'm working. Uh, you know what, though? Neither of us, because uh, the Flora and I's current lingua franca, as we've discussed, is still Battlefield. Uh, and I don't think emotionally I could handle it for that long. Cause the, one of my favorite things is that I, I played it for like a month, maybe a month and a half before you got into it and yep. hearing you swear and like hearing <laughs> just the audible frustration made me feel like I'm not insane or a monster because I went through all of that, all of that. I was just like, mother you know, and, and to hear you do that, it made me feel so much better about my emotional place. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So this kid played himself sick. And then oddly enough, same day, same arcade, 14-year-old Michael Lopez was playing Tempest when he developed symptoms of a migraine, causing him to stumble outside and hurl. Oh. Yeah, so he he did. He totally got a migraine. Uh, I mean, while playing, from playing, who's to say? But no other ailments from gaming are on record from that time period there, or at least that area. And I mean, stuff has been recorded since. But yeah, so you can. It it can happen. I had an old roommate who would get migraines from playing video games for too long. Oh wow, that yeah. that would just be atrocious. Well, I mean, when I when I say too long, I just mean for him. Like if he played for like a few hours, he'd be like, ah, migraine. Weird. Maybe it's a light thing. Like they still don't know what causes migraines. Yeah. What else we got here, Dave? There were no official accounts of suicide or murders resulting uh, from games that are on record for that time, except for perhaps. There was an incident in 1983 in Houston where four arcade employees were stabbed to death in a robbery. I'm not going to blame the games on that one. Uh, right. uh, also, not so much for the men in black. However, uh, government agents were involved in arcade dealings at the time. Uh, some arcades were not as kin-friendly as it would seem, instead being uh, involved in fencing operations along with shady gambling schemes. I would also, I would also hope that there was like law enforcement going, hey, we should probably be keeping an eye on these places for pedophiles. I would hope. Um, That is true. uh, Uh, By fencing, we mean selling stolen goods. Oh, yeah. There you go. No, they were were sword fighting with thin, thin swords. Rapiers! Athletically. Owners would put counters on the games and pay out cash to players who got high scores. Whoa. Uh, which both increased business and was totes illegal. Agents would check out the high scores to get initials of those possibly involved or to witness such crimes. Hello, hello, similar youth. (laughs) Do you feel that your skills are enough to get some of this easy money? Do you mind if I just watch? (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) Hello, fellow children. Who is the baddest dude around here? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. The feds. Uh, set up a sting operation in 1982 at the Games People Play Arcade in Seattle, Washington, yep. where they caught over 400,000 in stolen goods from arcade cabinets with cameras and mics. 
Tempest was one of the most, quote, lucrative games for them, and they allegedly took those cabinets uh, from other area arcades. Yeah, how about that? So but I don't, I don't think, feel like I understand how the video games were fencing things. Uh, People would come to arcades. Oh, two fence things. They had cameras in the games, two and they fence. saw that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And probably the the mics and cameras were there to catch people that were gambling by getting high scores. Right. And you know what? And at the time, an arcade game was the only thing large enough to actually hold a video camera. <laughs> it's true. Apparently, Tempest also had like the right colored glass or something to uh, to hide a camera behind it. Yeah. Tempest is a great game. Yeah, you played it? Oh, he's giving me the close-up. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. Let's just save ourselves a lot of time. I had never heard of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was uh, based... Never heard of Tempest. If I remember my Tempest lore correctly, as taught to me by Ernest Cline, it was based on a nightmare the programmer had of, like, things trying to crawl out of a well. Uh, Yeah, the basis of it is it's got a rotating knob and a fire button, and you go around the edge. It's a vector graphic game, so it's all just lines of light. You go around the edge, and you're shooting down, and all the stuff's trying to come up out of the hole, and you have to shoot it to keep it back in there. Hmm. It's a great game. I I also love the irony of the name of the arcade. Games people play. Yeah. (laughs) It's not lost on me. So the names, Polybius. Right. uh, The names, starting with Polybius. Polybius is not from mythology, Stephen Roach. He was a real Greek historian of the Hellenistic period who wrote about the rise of the Roman Republic and the sack of Carthage. He's a dude. Yeah. He also developed a cryptographic device called a Polybius square, which is a five by five square of letters that is hard to describe without visual aid. So, so yeah, he just know he did a thing. Good enough. You're right. The name Sinislotion, the name of his company, his, his uh, apparent company, sounds like the name of a company we'd make up for a sketch. You and I, Dave. I would do it. It's not proper German. It literally translates as since away removed, uh, though other translations have said since erase or to get rid of or even meaningless. But it's, it's putting two words together to form a non-word. Something that we like to do. <laughs> That's our jam. Geist. Uh It seems a little convenient and eyebrow raising to to the conspiracy having having a word that means the thing that that causes stuff in kids. Do you know uh, like, one of the the ladies that I I work with is a uh, fluent German speaker, and I did explain to her our Geist problem. She goes, "Oh yeah, yeah," and I was like, "Well, just know that." We're going to want to make more German mistakes in the future, and I'm going to come bother you about it before we do. <laughs> and she was like, nine. Yeah, no, she was, she was like, great. Great asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, now, the government did have connections to the video game industry at the time. In 1980, the game Battlezone was a tank simulator considered the uh, first, first person vir- virtual reality game. Oh, yeah. And it was also. Uh, uh, not the most hygienic thing because you just oh, yeah. mashed your face up into the little little eye plug, uh, and whoever, yeah. yeah, everybody's foreheads just, and it was like a really hard, non-porous plastic, so all that oil just sat there on the surface. That's like a petri dish of of just human grossness, right? Ugh. The first first person virtual reality game. God, that's a mouthful. 
after being retooled to mimic the controls of an M2 Bradley fighting vehicle, it was sold to the military as a training simulator. Uh, similarly, a 1996 mod of Doom 2 was used in the Marines to help training, apparently. Sweet. So, yeah, the the military did work with uh, video games. Oh, yeah, and they still do. I mean, I, I think that America's Army is still a thing, and it's just a recruiting tool where you, you have to qualify on the range with with an M16. Like, you know, like, oh, wow. yeah, like it's America's Army proving grounds. Yeah, it is still a completely functioning video game available on Steam. I don't think it, oh, I think wow. I think it's free. Uh, I it's be, right? when it first came out, like I don't know, early two thousands. I remember downloading and playing it a little bit, and uh, it is. It's just really um, at the time it seemed very realistic. You know, like it's hard to really like make expert uh, marksmen. Yeah, you know, like it was a. I don't know. I don't know what it is now. I haven't played it forever, but yeah. So those things still happen. America's Army. You can download it right now. I, you know it. So the, the U.S. government absolutely is into video games as a recruitment tool and as a training tool. Yeah. Another possible weed in this garden of bullshitly delight <laughs> is a 1985 console game from East Germany called Polyplay, which was an eight games in one console based on pirated stuff, uh, blah, 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 the coding, the, like, whatever. It was yanked due to copyright concerns. So there was a, a game that started with Polly, came out for, like, the briefest moment and was taken, taken out. Right, again. yeah, and some guy just was like, German Polly, yeah, confirmed! I did it! Right. This Stephen Roach guy, right? If it's, if it's the same guy, which the signs kind of point to here, the guy exists, but his story is complete bullshit. There was no Sinus Lotion, and he ended up being just a troll who was eventually charged with multiple counts of child torture and trafficking. Jesus! Yeah, he was like an ex-cop who ran some, some shady shit in different places. Like, uh, he was in America, he tried to uh, get out, go go to the Czech Republic. They they got him over there for doing the same shit, like basically torturing kids in, in like a fostering home or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jesus God. If, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking guy. like, like what, uh, let me more, more than anything, explain my laughing right there. Like the fact that this whole thing is just based around like arcades and video games. And it's like, oh, you know who started it? The world's most horrifying person. <laughs> right. Yeah. I do that too. I, I laugh at something that's not child trafficking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not <laughs> but, laughing at that. I'm laughing. Yeah. yeah. I'm laughing. at. Yeah. It's the absurdity of how we get from A to, to C. <laughs> yeah. So in, in conclusion, now, all signs point to Polybius never having existed. Not like not at all. It seems to be made up of equal parts, hoax, exaggeration, and confluence of several different events, which is pretty believable if you put them all together and then just scrape away all the the stupid parts and keep all the good parts. Yeah. It's more complex than Slenderman, but it has just enough roots of truth to make it seem plausible. Um, at least many aspects of it. But and you've you've mentioned the pop some of the pop culture with like the last Starfighter and things. Uh it, 
it appeared briefly in an episode of The Simpsons when Bart was in an arcade. There was a machine that said Polybius, property of the government. (laughs) So, yeah, like you can probably see here if you took like bits of all those things we talked about, the kids uh, playing themselves sick, the people that got stabbed at the one arcade. It happened at an arcade. Deaths were associated with an arcade. Yep, done. This guy with the forum post that was that was bullshit, making up a lot of stuff. The the East German game that came out that was yanked. Like all all this stuff basically mixes into this fucking stew of tasty bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. And it's and it's and it's bullshit that people are like, oh, I sure do wish that this was a yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I wish this I wish this were delicious uh steak and ale stew. And not not bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's I wish this wasn't bullshit, Stu. <laughs> I'd like a nice Guinness pie. <laughs> Anyways, so what do you think, Dave? I mean, you know, anything that lets me talk about arcades and my deep, deep eternal love for them. I mean, I, I to the point where I think that when I die and I'm met with my eternal reward, which will probably be like cactus spankings or something. But after that, that the doors will open and not there will be no flood of golden light, just the slight smell of stale smoke and a really dark arcade. And and some guy will go, we have been waiting for you. <laughs> and that's where I will go to my eternal reward. Here's here's an eternal roll of quarters. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say is a quarter that always comes back in the (laughs) return slot. You got to stick your finger in there. It's just enough stuff to be believable, but um, they have tried. Well, like nobody knows since there, since it probably didn't exist. Nobody knows what it was like or, you know, what, what people are saying it, it, it was like. So they have, that hasn't stopped them from creating a game of it anyway. Yeah. I think it was even on the Wii. (laughs) <laughs> I think they they created it, and I'm I don't know. I tried watching some of it, and it was just boring as shit. What I was what I watched. Now I think there might be different versions, but that I think that uh, that's it for Polybius in a vector graphics nutshell, twenty five cent nutshell. Yeah, but you know the only, the the other thing we got to do here, Flora, is um, I got next ups on puns. <laughs> Well, you got next up, so go. Okay, I got next ups. You know, there's um, an urban legend in the early 80s about a guy who would um, loiter around schools, and um, all the kids were, like, aware of him. Nobody thought that he was, like, cool or anything. He was weird. He didn't smell very good. He was pretty gruff. But he'd just pull up outside of a school, and he'd just wait for them kids to come out. And when they came out, he'd be like, hey, get in. And they would. They'd just hop in. You know, sometimes he'd try to sell them stolen goods. Eventually, though, he was caught and, uh, and arrested. He was the Polybi bus driver. <laughs> Games people play. <laughs> Shake my damn head. <laughs> what do you got, Flora? All right. Um. Well, there there was a game that that really messed with players' minds. They claimed it took them to another dimension. 
a dimension of sight, a dimension of sound, a dimension of warfare. It was Twilight Battle Zone. Nice. God, I love that game. There was a uh, a German company who really wanted to get into the American market and um, realized that uh, you know American teens they were spending more and more time in arcades, and uh, they really wanted to like you know break into that that marketplace because you know they're kind of captive. They were they they had money, and um, their first thought was, hey, what if we made a video game? And somebody was like, Gunter, shut the f- up. We're bakers. The guy was like, well, what if we made a video game that rewarded people with like, I don't know, like uh, uh, pastries? And they're like, holy shit, that's a brilliant idea. And that's where Cinnamon Schlossen came from. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Double bunt. Double bunt. What do you got, Flora? <laughs> All right. Round us out here. There's a game. There's another game here. There's a game that can cause seizures. Games people play. <laughs> <laughs> With all the bright colors and flashy views. It's actually a game about a drag race. Oh, really? Yeah, it's RuPaul Libius. <laughs> oh, God. That game sachets and Shantae's. <laughs> it's a racing game. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that's game over. For puns. Game over for puns. Oh, but. but, Uh-oh, Dave. Ten. Nine. Oh, no. Oh, God, I can't get the quarter out of my pocket. Six. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you take the quarter out of their pocket? Oh, yeah. You've got it. You can do it. Yeah. Put another quarter in the machine to continue to listen to me. Player three has entered the game. <laughs> oh, Player yeah. Player three is you. That's right. All right. I think you did it first last time, so you should do it again this time. Alrighty. Got one here from Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, guys. Love your show. Thank you. Got into it after having it recommended on a fan page for a blog. Hey. Tell us which one. Right? I'm interested to know. Everybody... If you got here via someone else's recommendation, can you tell us? Yeah. I would like to know who's who's talking about us and stuff. And uh, yeah, especially so we can give them a high five because it's awfully great. Yeah, exactly. Thank you in particular for scaring the crap out of me with your discussion on gamma ray bursts. Nice to know how we're all going to die. <laughs> Blomb. <laughs> yeah, Zorch. Here's a pun for you. There's a documentary out about a mother and a daughter alien who live in a dilapidated house, ignoring the world outside and reminiscing about their glorious past and showbiz. I highly recommend it. It's called The Gray's Garden. <laughs> That's all. Have you seen Grey Gardens, Flora? I haven't, actually. Oh, no. you and Annie would love that. And and if you have to watch it if for no other reason that then after you watch it, you watch uh uh Fred Armisen and um bill Hader's documentary now oh, okay uh it's on netflix documentary now is the one of the best comedic series i f- i just love it but they do this really great parody of gray gardens she sends us some great suggestions and uh love you guys what you do thanks again it's uh it's like listening to chicago version of bob and doug mckenzie talk about oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, take off eh? yeah also one of you has a laugh like barney rubble and it makes my day every time Probably not me, because Barney Rubble doesn't laugh like, because <laughs> that's how I laugh. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably me, but it could be either of us at this point. 
Sorry, I don't have any fun, fun nicknames. Feel free to make one up for me if you like. Cheers, eh? Alyssa. P.S. I'm from Vancouver, so no, I don't actually have a Canadian accent, but it's more fun this way. Oh, man. Vancouver is maybe my, maybe my favorite city on the planet. I would love to go. Oh, it is glorious. Thank you, Alyssa. Yeah, thanks, Alyssa. And don't worry, we're going to work on that uh, that nickname. I'm already thinking like uh, Alyssa the Python. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe like Rock'em Sock'em Alyssa. Yeah, or uh, a listener. Hey, well, she's She's a listener. She's I Alyssa. Get, I get and your damn Alyssa. joke. <laughs> I get what you're doing. <laughs> All right. See, now we're fighting. Moving on. Thank you, Alyssa. <laughs> Got one here. To the Kings, five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Mike. Uh, uh, got an email here from Bethany, who we are welcome to call Emrys, and so oh. we shall. Uh, Emrys writes, "Hey there, dynamic Dave duo. That's us. Hey. Want to let you guys know how much I appreciate all the work you put into making this rad podcast. It is rad, and I Thank appreciate you. you using that adjective. It uh, is a lot of work." And I appreciate you recognizing <laughs> uh, You've gotten me through years worth of ass-numbing data entry and long car rides with my sanity mostly intact. Yeah, I feel like we we are saving it at an 80% rate. You're still going to lose it if you're listening to us, but not as fast as if you weren't. But we're certainly not stopping the loss. <laughs> Think of it as a partial patch. Emerson also has a really great show suggestion. Uh, yeah. which uh, I think would be really up our particular alley. And that's all yeah, I'll yeah. say about our alley. That's all I'll say. Uh, keep up the awesome work. You guys are the best. Yes, we are the literal best. Uh, thank yeah. you so much, Emerus. And and I would expect us to do this episode you recommended because that is, that is, that is, a, that is our jam. An Oregonian. Oh. So maybe you, pr- you appreciated this episode. Mm. Yeah. Got one here from Joe. As far as, far as you, you know. know. that's more fun that way hi guys hi oh hi sorry (laughs) i study ecology was a field biologist for four years before i came back to school uh field biology makes you travel a lot and i may be strangely qualified to be a listener Hmm. Uh, there is a test for everyone so make sure make sure you send it in the mail back to us beyond (laughs) spending hours behind the wheel driving between field sites i've also ended up living in several cryptid hotspots sweet Lived just down the road from the original Squatch video in Northern California. Backpacked across the forest in the middle of the night to find it. Apparently, uh, Joe would sacrifice small mammals to aerial predators uh, to to get some information about them there. Sometimes the forest would get pretty spooky at night when the wind would stop. All the birds that were calling would stop and absolutely no sound but your breathing could be heard. And then that would stop. And that was the really scary moment. It would that given, I was way more scared of coming across illegal militant pot growers in the middle of nowhere. Of nowhere, as well, you should be. That is a that is a legitimate fear. Uh, also, happened to have lived in the deep Sonoran Desert in the heart of Chupacabra territory, another notable spot not far from Marfa, Texas. Uh, I swore I thought I saw the lights one night, but I happened to be at the end of a twenty-hour stint of driving at four in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of cool stuff, uh, including cool uh, things from cryptid-related scientific papers and such. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you know if we ever need help uh, researching some of some of those the stuff. It it is frustrating when you're researching and you want to read a paper on on something that's been published, you know, maybe in a scientific journal, and and it's like, nope, paywall <laughs> for science. 
Thanks, Joe. As far as I know. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. This email is from Peregrine Took. Let's start right off. Fool, by s- uh, thank you. That's exactly how I was going to start this. Dear Dave and David, I've been listening to blurry photos since the summer of 2015. That's it for the singing. That part's done. Okay. I just wanted to reach out to you uh, to voice my appreciation to your podcast. Thank you. Well, You've thanks. been my companion for over a year on long walks and bus travels. Can you tell I live in Europe? Also, I lied about being done singing. <laughs> Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, currently, <laughs> currently on episode 145 or so honestly i can't decide what my favorite <laughs> moment has been uh the rap intro and the grease style intro were incredible i tend to love the episodes where you cover monstrous n- mysterious narratives like Love pass or the hinter kaifek murders i love how you can approach every topic with equal measures of seriousness and comedy not to mention your brilliant chemistry wow I feel like I'm just rubbing sweet, sweet lotion all over my own chest as I read this. <laughs> lots, lots of cool compliments. Yeah, which turns even the most chilling mysteries into a fun discussion. Anyway, obviously, this email is quite rambly, but I hope my appreciation comes across. It does indeed. Thank you. Please keep it up because you guys bring so much joy to my life. <laughs> and mandatory upon... Back in the 60s, a young Bruce Lee was visiting Turkey and wandering near a mysterious dig site. He wanted to find out more, but to, but to access the site, he had to pay 20 lira. So instead, he sneaked around the back and jumped over a fence. He was amazed at his fantastic sight, and he stared at it for so long that security noticed he didn't have a ticket. A distressed Turkish man suddenly came running up out of the ticket booth and yelled, Go back, Lee, to pay! <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive me. No forgiveness required. All the best from your cross-continental Belgio-Brazilian fan, Pippin. Thanks, Pip. Fool of a took. Thank you, Pippin. Um, Flora. Heard from the Watson. Who's next? Is it the Watson? (laughs) Does he have an Uh, email? Or it could be from a female. (laughs) What is the intro music to Bullstone? It's kind of cheesy, but I dig it, and it's stuck in my head. Uh, it's um, it's from a Diablo Swing Orchestra. I believe it's Poetic Pitbull Revolution. That's from the Watson. That's from the Watson. He's not a female. Verified. And that's all we got. Woo! That's it uh, for listener mail, so thank you guys so much for that. Flora, I want you to yes. set a land speed record for all the dirty business we have to tack on to the end. Boy, I'm going to try. Okay. First of all, we would like everybody to tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a loved one, tell an enemy, whoever you want, tell them about Blurry Photos. Get us out there. Please like us on Facebook. Please follow us uh, at Blurry underscore photos on Twitter. Go to StumbleUpon and f*** around. Go to Patreon.com slash Blurry Photos. Become a patron. Get all kinds of stuff. Go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to get yourself a free audiobook download on us. If you don't like the membership, cancel it within 30 days. You don't pay anything. You keep the book. We still get a high five monetarily. We do love those monetary high fives. What are you laughing at? You've been giggling this whole time. I crossed over. Oh, yeah. 
we hit, we we've been at this for a little while, so I'm gonna try and keep going. It's time to put Davy down for a nap, <laughs> guys. Don't forget, uh, please go check out obaku.com. O b a k u. dot com. Use a uh, coupon a- code from this episode, and it is blurry s six. That was 56, <laughs> but it's blurry S6, like season six, for 30% right. off. Get 30% expires, off your order May uh, from 14th. now until May 14th. You got just over a month then That's it. Just over a month and some change. Please check out uh, Obaku Denmark. They make yeah. gorgeous watches. We really are happy with ours. I use mine every time I don't know what time it is. Sometimes when I do. That's right. Check out uh, the fine folks of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you're looking for uh, for one to check out and haven't yet, go to check out Alka Hollywood. Clint and Jared talk about all kinds of movies with guests, and my God, we've been on the my God, we've been on there, and it's been fun. And they're doing that Indiana Jones. Is that still? Is that still? Yeah, they're they're working on it, man. They're working on it. They do a ton of work. So check those guys out. They're great. Please check out Dark Myths. Uh, this month we're 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 really plugging hard the rumor flies guys. Uh, yeah, Ryan, Josh, and Greg plugging them so hard they're plugged up from Dave and Dave. And- <laughs> <laughs> I hope they play that on their podcast every episode. Plugging now. it up with David <laughs> and David, giving them sweet plugs to the rumor flies podcast. Plugging it up. Plugging it up. <laughs> I'm Robin Gibbs. <laughs> That's right. And I'm Andy. <laughs> and I'm Andy Gibbs. All right. Uh, that's enough. We we have crossed the Mercator. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, stay tuned. What else? That's all. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I know I'm missing something. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to. We're in process for selecting the jury and all that stuff for for penalty box. So we'll get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I've been David Floribius, and I've been Dave the Midnight Giggler Stacco. <laughs> I honestly feel like you've been that before, and not just in real life, which wake, you have been several times. Wake up, listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God, Dave Stecco, get out of my house. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>